Coming up on today's episode, we discuss lab-grown meat, conspiracy theories, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, and the longboarding in your 30s. All that and more on For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You're listening now to For or Against. So turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Robbie Silver, Mike Winden, and Pat Lothian. Hello, friends. Hello. Hi, Mr. McFadden. <laughs> Hi, Robbie. Hello. You're a, you're a teacher, so that's why I said it. Yes, but I'm not your teacher. I'm your peer this evening. Yeah, you don't forget that. I won't. I've reminded you. Okay, uh, so <laughs> hello to everyone. It has been a week since we last recorded. Uh, so right now we're going to do a brief update in our lives, starting with Robbie, who has uh, mysteriously left nothing in the outline. So I'm very excited to oh, find out I what's know, going on what, for you. There, well, there's because there's nothing that's really exciting. But uh, I'm in my second week now staying in the sh- greater Chicagoland area uh, for a temporary stay. Uh, and it's been nice. I rode my bike yesterday to Lake Michigan and more Chicagoland bike rides to come. All right. Very cool. Patrick, what's going on with you? Uh, <clears throat> so there's this game called Fall Guys that's basically like everybody's a little mini guy and there's 60 people and it's mini games where you try to get to the end of an obstacle course and only one person wins at the end. And there's a streamer called Tim the Tap Man who hasn't been able to win for three days. And today he had over 200,000 people watching him fail over and over and over again. He finally got it. Over 5,000 people subbed to him right after he got it, which he gets like 3 or $4 a sub. So he made a lot of money right then. And then on Twitter, it started, um, uh, what's it called? Trending. Trending. Uh, for he did it. Just he did it started trending. <laughs> Congrats, Tim, started trending. Um, and good job, Tim, or something like that. Like it was insane that, and since we had talked about this kind of stuff before, that that many people were watching it, and then it trended on Twitter, which is kind of crazy to me. It's funny that you didn't explain so that this was a video happened- game at first. <laughs> it's just tiny, tiny men in a little game. I had no idea what you're talking about. Well, classic me. <laughs> Mike, what were you so saying? So the thing that happened to you this week was a thing that happened to somebody else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quarantine. What do you expect from me? <laughs> Mike, what's going on with you? I'm in uh, New Mexico. Um, I was getting cooped up in the quarantine world of super hot Texas. And so my wife and I drove to the mountains in New Mexico. I'm living the high life up in the mountains. So pretty fun. All right. Thank you very much. Um, my update is that uh, school started today. And for the first time in my uh, like 13 year career, I taught it um, via Zoom. So I had three hours with students via Zoom and uh, that's my life now. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to be a while. Now you're talking to us? <laughs> I'm talking to you Zoom. on Zoom. <laughs> it's like yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, it feels like work. 
All right, now it's time to play for or against. One of us is gonna present a topic, we will analyze that topic, and then we will decide if we are for or against that topic. And today we will be starting uh, with Michael Winan coming to us from New Mexico. What do you have for us? Call it lab-grown, call it tissue-engineered, call it cultured, or call it cultivated. It's, uh, it, what we're gonna talk about today here is scientifically grown meat that was never part of a living animal. Um, this is something you may have heard of. <laughs> yeah, this is something you may have heard of uh, over the last several years. People have been talking, theorizing about it. Uh, a few years ago, they made a hamburger that's that costs like twenty thousand dollars to make, and that hit the news. But uh, lately, there's been a lot of companies that are growing that are getting very, very close to building it to a point where it's cheap enough to mass produce it. Late last month, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken contracted with a Russian. 3D printing lab where they're going to attempt to 3D print and then sell chicken nuggets. Uh, so these chicken nuggets never came from a chicken, but rather uh, were completely fabricated inside of a, of a lab. Right now they're about $50 a piece, <laughs> but if they keep working at it, uh, it it'll go down. The benefits here are, are immense. Uh, sp specifically, uh, the, I mean, one day maybe get cheaper than actually uh, growing it naturally, uh, but the environmental impact in particular is what people are really keen on. Um, in that, save it for uh, the pod meat production. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's <laughs> this go. Is the podcast, you guys, uh, you guys know <laughs> we have recorded a while ago. <laughs> Patrick, tell me, tell me. Are, given are, that it is kind of squeamish, are you for or against lab-grown meat? Um, are any of those? like the lab grown tissue engineer, do, do any of those mean different things or are they all just the different names for the same thing? People are trying to find, to my knowledge, people are trying to find euphemistic ways to say this was grown in a Petri dish without actually having to say that. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's all the same. My only concern would be health. Like as long as it doesn't affect your health in a negative way, like this, I would never eat non-lab-grown meat again if it was affordable. I'd want there to be plenty of studies to see what it kind of does to you because we've done a lot of stuff with like growing bigger vegetables and stuff like that and then it's not as like good for you. But nothing says that it can't be. Like I've always thought like people are like, oh, all organic, it has to be all organic. But there shouldn't be a way that we can't make a tomato that's even better for you than an organic tomato. We haven't, it seems, because most of it's on just like making it bigger and like grow faster. But if we were trying to make it like healthier, I'm sure we could. Um, so yeah, I don't, as long as it's healthy, I don't see a downside to this. I would eat it up. I am four. <laughs> Even though it's made in a Russian laboratory? I mean, I'd rather it be made in America, but what is these days? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to discriminate towards Russians. Rob, how about you? Have any of you guys watched a video of this lab-grown meat being made? Because I had the pleasure of finding a video on YouTube, and it looks like red and white strings of Play-Doh, thin little strings being l gently laid on top of each other until they form a brick of what is supposed to then turn into uh, meat or a steak of some sort. And it is quite disturbing, actually. I wish I hadn't seen that video because before seeing it, I was very for this. Uh, I'm definitely uh, keen on the, the effects of 
the environment, animal cruelty and climate change and all these things. That that video across the Have you out. never watched a video of animals being made into meat? Oh. <laughs> touche. Touche. You, you know where meat comes from, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is the most fair point that you guys could have made. Um, but in seriousness, I, I am actually very for this. I I do eat meat, but I've been trying to be more conscious about eating less meat. Uh, and at least when it comes to red meat, I can literally count the number of times in 2020 I've had red meat, which has been six times this year. And right. my, my, yeah, little little brag there. Why not? Um, but I like meat. I like the taste of meat. So this would be an amazing, not just alternative, but uh, a way of life if, if this becomes not just healthy enough, Pat, but also tastes good enough. How about that? Yeah, well, that's, that's a, the thing with like the the fake meat at like Burger King or whatever that's like made from plants is it just doesn't taste good or at least the same or something like it shouldn't be trying to be meat but if it's actual meat and it tastes like meat that's great yeah I think what I read is that a lot of the engineered meats right now are like 60 or 70 percent of the meat cells combined with some plant-based cells to act as a binding agent and, and something else so it probably doesn't taste perfectly like meat, which is why at the moment it's, um, it is cornered in the chicken nugget segment of the meat market <laughs> because you can kind of turn any sort of meat texture into a nugget form. But I'm still for that uh, and I'm excited to see where this goes. I think this is actually going to be really positive for, uh, for planet Earth if we get this right. Four. How about you, Michael McFadden? Well, I'm going to take a slightly different angle on this. Um, at first, I was thinking I was probably for it for a lot of the same reasons, like the industrial like food processing where like the animals like are just like up to their knees in their own filth. Like that's not the food that I want to eat, despite the fact that I do eat it anyway. So like if there was a, a way to replace that with something that tasted the same, I'd be all for it. But then I started thinking about um, anytime we introduce like a new species into an environment, like the buckthorn plant in um, the Midwest has like ravaged our forests and like the emerald ash borer has ruined um, some of the, the largest trees in our area. What happens when this new species of meat makes its way into the environment that just like overgrows a forest of beef? Like, I think that that's a bad thing. I don't want a forest of beef. I think it's going to spoil and it's going to go bad. It's going to bring flies. And now we're going to get lab-grown meat-induced plague. So I think uh, we're not thinking about the potential for what could go awry in this scenario. So just for safety measures, I'm going to say I'm against lab-grown meat. <laughs> How does it take over the, I'm confused. How does it take over? <laughs> That's the thing. We don't know, Pat. We don't know. Like, we didn't know that bringing buckthorn from Europe, uh, buckthorn yeah, but we're from not Europe like, was going to. It's, it's not like they're growing the meat on a tree or like throwing it outside. It's made inside. It, it's going to be made inside, but then it's going to be released to the wild. It's going to go into the grocery the store. <laughs> The wild yeah, in this like metaphor, the wild in this metaphor is the aisles of the grocery store. And you just don't know what's going to happen. Maybe what? it looks dormant. Maybe it looks benign. Maybe it looks like, yeah, that's just going to be a tasty artificial ribeye. But really what it is, is it's a Trojan horse for beef forests. And we don't so, want beef forests. So you're going to be for conspiracy theories then. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got more to speak on conspiracy theories <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about lab-grown meat? Well, I think like for my uh, like my colleagues Rob and Patrick, I was really excited about it. I I do feel bad eating meat, although I just my life I require it to continue <laughs> having some type of joy in my life sometimes. Um, but it does kind of weird me out that it is some laboratory that it's grown in a fridge somewhere. Um, I don't want to see how it gets made. Um, so right now, if you put it in front of me, I think I'd probably struggle to eat it. But, you know, I think back of the time when I was a child, and there must have been a point when my mom made bacon uh, you know, Saturday morning, and I run downstairs to watch cartoons, and, and there's Porky Pig, uh, my pal on the TV, and I'm munching away on some bacon. At some point, I connected those two dots. And you know what? The next Saturday... The bacon was was on the frying pan, and I ate it. I think you cut out. Happened. You cut out on I the really punchline. What happened? <laughs> what happened with the bacon? Your, your New Mexican um, uh, Wi-Fi is terrible. You cut out on the punchline, Mike. <laughs> Say it again. You came downstairs, and then what? What happened when you came downstairs? Where where'd you lose me? Well, we'll play. You, you were coming downstairs. You you had already watched Porky Pig, and you there was a scent of bacon in the air. There was a scent of bacon in the air. What happens next? At some point in my life, I connected that those two things, that pig and the pig I was eating, were the same thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that a living thing gave its life for me to eat. Um, and then and? I still ate it anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you ate it anyway. But I'm sure anyway. that if I sat down and saw the, the lab-grown meat and I had it enough times, I wouldn't be weirded out by it anymore. Just like I'm not weird, really weirded out by the fact that it's a living being um, and I would eat it. So I am four. So yeah, um, so Robbie, just like your wife, my wife for a while has been talking about wanting to get a pig. And oh. <laughs> my only thing is if we get a pig, then I can never eat bacon again. Can I honestly, that is a part of the reason that I don't really eat pork anymore is mm -hmm. we don't have a pig, but I empathize with pigs. You know, they're as smart as a three-year-old. I only have a one-year-old human in my life. So if I love that and care about that, shouldn't I care about the equivalent of a three-year-old from an intelligence standpoint? Um, no. I mean, that's, like saying that, that's like saying you wouldn't eat a dog. What are you even talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, Pat, I'm with you. It's, it's definitely difficult. If, if we actually do have a pig, then bacon and pork is gone forever, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So... No lab-grown meat for me. Uh, lab-grown meat for all of you guys. Let's move bee along forest. now. <laughs> yeah, people watch out for the beef forest. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, what is your topic for today? So my topic is conspiracy theories. And where this came up is I was listening to a podcast where they were trying to figure out a QAnon tweet and what it meant. And it ended up meaning, it was talking about two different people named Chandler the theory was that both of them who are unrelated to Epstein or Epstein, 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 like completely unrelated, both changed their last names to Chandler because they were child handlers for him. And it was like the most insane thing. And it reminded me, have any of you guys seen the flat earth documentary on Netflix? Part of it. <laughs> that like is so fascinating they would do like their science experiments to prove like if this does this, then clearly the earth is flat and then it wouldn't do that. 
but then they like explain why it didn't do that. Um, and it just, it was like really entertaining. So I was trying to think as destructive as conspiracy theories are, they're also, they could also be entertaining. And then there's conspiracy theories about like aliens and stuff. And a lot of our pop culture when it comes to sci-fi is built off of those conspiracies. So actually some of our entertainment comes from conspiracy theories. So I have a feeling nobody's like super pro conspiracy theory. So I just want to hear what you guys think about them. And then I want to hear each of your favorite conspiracy theory. Uh, let's start with Mike because I'm very interested. Uh, McFadden to see what he has. <laughs> okay. So the whole beef forest thing. No, <laughs> um, so with, um, when it comes to conspiracies, uh, I break them into sort of two categories. There's like the uh, destructive ones that I think tear us apart. And um, I, I actually have been actively avoiding the, the QAnon thing. So I'm only vaguely familiar with the fact that it is political. Um, and that, that's about the sum totality of, of my knowledge in that domain area. But like, it, broadly speaking, Bless I'm against... You, <laughs> I'm against those. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm against those because I don't feel like it serves a purpose other than tearing people apart. It's not like somebody takes a position that's radically rooted in some sort of conspiracy and then is trying to like shed light on truth that is rooted in science and reason and rationality. Um, instead, it's, it's just rooted in something that usually falls apart when you ask why more than you know twice uh, so i'm against those sorts of conspiracies but i really like um I, I dig the other types of conspiracies especially when people like go to great lengths and make a compelling argument um because it's just sort of like fun to believe that we have been visited by extraterrestrial uh, ter terrestrial uh, extra help me say the word extraterrestrials extra terrestrial yes <laughs> um like, I think that that's sort of fun and that there's like secret government programs that have technology that would like blow your mind. Yeah. And like, I, I get a lot of fun out of all of those. Um, and really, I think the fun comes at me laughing at the people who believe them because at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, they're not always quite there. And like, they usually, if, if they're like Bigfoot, like um, hunters, like they're usually also, um, like into ancient aliens and mm -hmm. all sorts of wacky things. And so it falls off. But what is really uh, what I, why I'm really for um, conspiracies is that like, there actually are some real conspiracies that like exist. Yeah. That, like there is a real cover up, And then when those come out, it's just sort of like really cool to like, you know, learn about it and, and see, you know, the whole thing uh, unravel. Um, just from like a, a historical perspective. So against the ones that are divisive, but for the ones that are more fun and for laughing at people who are dumb. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, let's go on to Robbie. And I had a thought when you were talking about the, for like the destructive uh, conspiracy theories, I wonder what you think of it, Robbie. Like the people who start those, do you think they all just are trying to destroy or... Do they really think this? Is there like a mental health thing there? And then people start following it. What do you think about that? It's all very upsetting, actually. <laughs> like, I, I think McFadden articulated my thoughts exactly, so I don't want to rehash everything. 
But I too, I'm somebody who considers myself well-versed in kind of current events and the news of the day. And I too, like McFadden, have purposefully kept a distance from even understanding what Q Anon is, just because it would upset me. Like, I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And so McFadden knows, I've, I've talked to McFadden separately, that one of the things like in the future, if I make a billion dollars and I can just be a philanthropist full time, one of the things I'm most passionate about is creating a curriculum for like all students in our country to just understand how to think critically and base their understanding of the world around them in logic and science and reasoning and being able to just kind of think through these issues. And so like when you have the flat earth, yeah, flat earthers have like a system of experiments that claim to show why the earth is flat. But if you actually thought critically about these things, you'd realize they're actually missing the next step to, to think appropriately. Like, okay, what am I missing that like my, my logic here is actually flawed. So I know this is getting a little bit nerdy, so I'm not gonna go too much further, but the, I agree with, Mc, with McFadden when it comes to some of the more fun spirited ones about you know, aliens visiting earth, I think there's a, a good chuckle there. And, but for the ones that are just, I don't know. There, there's a lot of tearing people apart right now, and I just don't even want to get into it, so I'm against. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Aynan, I assume that of the three of you, you probably know most about QAnon, so if you want to ruin their day, go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I won't. Um, you know, I do understand why conspiracy theories are attractive. Like, when you brought this up, I the one that came to mind was uh, JFK's shooting. Mm -hmm. And people have trouble wrapping in their minds how something so monumentous could happen just because one guy shot a gun. But it did. So sometimes it's attractive to us to think of there must be big reasons for big things happening in the world. Um, so I understand why people are attracted to those. And then things like QAnon and, and those, and even flat earthers, you know, it's attractive to people because if you want it, you want to believe that there's something beyond uh, the, the life that you see. Sometimes life can be a little bit mundane. And if there was something that, that you knew that nobody else knew, you know, that's very attractive. But in the end, it's dangerous. Uh, I won't go into details about what QAnon is, but it's but it's actively destructive. You know, Pizzagate, you know, has has caused at least one murder. Um, it, it people are starting to get their news, and we live in a world where, you know, one opinion and another opinion are equal value when it's just simply not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, not everything has two sides to it. Flat earthers don't have two sides to it. The, the world is round. We've known that for 3,000 years. And there's literally nothing on the other side of the or a world in their theory. So there no. is literally no two sides. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to piggyback off of, I wanted to piggyback off of something that Robbie and Mike have sort of said where um, today with the internet the way that it is, it seems that everybody's uh, perspective does have equal weight when they shouldn't. And uh, it, the job of reporters, if somebody says it's raining and somebody says it's not raining, is not to report both sides of the argument. It's, it's to go outside and find out what the weather is. Yeah. And so I think, Robbie, when you're talking about that like critical thinking piece, I think an important aspect of this is like media literacy. And that even though 
you have a website that looks like a newspaper, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's coming from, uh, you know, journalistic best practices. Um, I, I know I borrowed that from that, that analogy of the weather from somebody, but I can't remember who. So yeah, I can't remember. I heard I it recently <laughs> again, but I don't remember where. I'm pretty yeah. sure and, it's like Dan Pfeiffer on Crooked Media or something. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yep. And even uh, even the news sources that are more legitimate when you talk about like cable news that are you know even the ones that are kind of more in the middle, they kind of fall in the same um, issue where they try to present both sides. Like, even if one side really represents like. 3% of popular opinion and the other side represents 97% of popular opinion. They'll have these two things side by side split screen and essentially presenting them 50 50 with equal weighting, which is just kind of a false way to present yeah. these things. Well, if and, any of these places came out and were like, this is somebody who is a scientist and is going to talk about gravity. And this person's going to talk about why gravity is not real. We'd all be like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's not a thing, but we do that all the time with <laughs> other topics. It's just kind of insane. Yeah. yeah. Pat, what's your thought on this whole conspiracy um, business topic? Well, one, one thing I found interesting is a couple months ago, I was, uh, I was listening to something and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is all like good stuff. And then I'm like, this kind of sounds like a conspiracy theory. But then I'm like, yeah, but it's true. And it made me realize how all of that's how those people see it is they see it as, as obvious truth. And other people are just like dumb for not being able to see it. So that kind of just gave me a look into how they feel. Um, but like the, um, the things that people can get themselves to, to believe just kind of blows my mind. And my favorite thing that I've ever seen on a conspiracy theory, and it had to do with the moon landing. And it was a whole probably history channel thing on people who didn't believe that the moon landing happened and why. And this one old guy was talking about how well, the proof that we didn't land on the moon is if you look at the flag in this one video that it's rippling and there's no air in space, so that's impossible. So we've never been to space. But if we've never been to space, how do you know that there's no air in space? Like you can't, you can't just like make up your own rules to then justify why something isn't true. And it's You're the same upsetting me, Pat. <laughs> this is making <laughs> me angry. It's the same thing with flat earthers is they believe, it was like really interesting that it's like a pizza plate with the earth on it. And then there's this big dome that like the sun and the moon are like attached to and those are globes. And then it's on this like big like half dome. And it's like, well, how did you get to that? Like, how do you decide that that's the truth? <laughs> And you're positive that's the truth. Like that's what like blows. That's the mind. thing. That's the thing that I wanted to like totally agree with you, uh, Pat. Is like there are certain things that I believe with a, a fairly large, you know, amount of like conviction, like that the the Earth is round. Um, and yet there are people who believe just as strongly as I do that it is flat. And yeah. I'm like, it just blows my mind that it, and it forces me to question. It, am I wrong about certain things that I believe? But I think yeah. the difference between the conspiracy quacks is they never take that question and ask like, yeah. am I wrong? Because <laughs> then right. if you do, you're like, oh, wait, no, no, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I am correct. But they never ask themselves that question. Yeah. yeah. That's Go ahead. A, a bias towards um, affirmation bias. So like they have a theory and then they just kind of go down the road and only look at the things that, that uh, affirm what they're already believing. Mm -hmm. I'm glad um, you took that rhetoric class, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said. Confirmation bias. I, I, that is very true. Um, 
McFadden reminded me of an Always Sunny episode where they had like a court case of, I can't remember what it was, was something like if God is real or something like that. And Mac came out and he was stepping through that like the smartest person at the time who figured out this also thought that the world, earth was the center of the universe. And then the next smartest person's like, no, you're an idiot. It, we revolve around the sun, but then they thought something that we know is false now. So it's the idea of like, there's things that we think we know, but in a hundred years, people might be like, how did they think that that was fact? And well, from a critical thinking standpoint, that's the importance of like science literacy is that science is not a static like yeah. thing that doesn't change. Science is a self-correcting process that improves as you go. And so whenever people get mad at the science, what they're really illustrating is that they just don't understand how science works. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the second point was that Mac believed that the uh, religion was real because of the Bible and you, and they're like, you've never seen those things. Like you, you can't prove that those are real. And he's like, well, how do you know these things are real? Because of something you read in a book. And I've never done a test to make sure the world is round. I just believe that the scientists are telling the truth. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but are you guys ready for uh, Winans Potty Break? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for our listeners, Michael Winan for the past couple of weeks has been acting, asking us to take a break in between this so that we could catch a breath. So this is our first ever Michael Winan Potty Break. And we're back. Four Against is brought to you by Bye Bye Liver, the party card game, based on the long-running hit play of the same name, Bye Bye Liver. The card game is a mix of classic party games like Would You Rather, Never Have I Ever, and Most Likely Two, as well as some new games straight from the Bye Bye Liver's writing room. Both the original game and the expansion pack, the Deck Too Far, are available at buybyliver.com. Use promo code FOA at checkout to save 20% on your purchase. As part of our sponsorship, we've been asked to play one round of Would You Rather from the game. This week, Robbie Silver is going to lead us off. Robbie, take it away. Um, I was going to give you guys a choice of either a raunchy one or a not raunchy one. But since our last topic was really not raunchy, I'm going to go with the raunchy one. So, <laughs> would you rather not know you smell like poo or always smell poo that no one else can smell. McFadden, please go. I think, hold on. So I always smell poo, but I don't actually smell like poo. Either you smell like poo, but you don't know that you do. But everyone else does. Yes. Or (laughs) you smell poo all the time, but no one else can smell it. Uh, as the father of a one-year-old, um, I basically smell poo all the time. It's not that big a deal. I'll take that one. I don't want people to judge me. <laughs> all right, Patrick. Is it my own brand? Cause then I think it's cool. Or is it like somebody else's stinky poo. Boo. <laughs> pass, pass. <laughs> Oh, also, I assume you don't to... get to go nose blind to it because that is what would happen. But I assume that somehow biologically you'd always smell poo. You're always smelling poo. What do you do? I think you'd get used to it. Even if you didn't go nose blind, you'd still get used to it. And I, no one wants to smell like poo. That would lead, like you couldn't get anywhere in life. But you wouldn't you know. get a job, couldn't get a lover. But like, you wouldn't know. Well, I know okay. that's even worse. Then it's like, why does everybody hate me? <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Wine, and how about you? Yeah, that's exactly my thought. It'd be like, 
Um, I thought it'd be gaslighted by everybody. Like, nobody wants to be around me. <laughs> I think I'm a terrible human being. Eventually, I'd be living in the street. Uh, and I wouldn't know why. Uh, that would be a horrible existence. So bring on your, your poo smells. I'm sure I'd be able to, uh, to differentiate between the various ones. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you get to enjoy it. I too, I too would always smell poo that no one else can smell, but it didn't specify where the poo comes from. So if I could choose, I would choose probably cow poo. Uh, get that really nice, rich farm scent <laughs> around me. That's like the worst. Yeah, earthy. <laughs> yeah, but you just you feel like you're out on the farm. It's nice and you're connecting with nature. So uh, yeah, always smell poo. Okay. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, bye bye liver for sponsoring our show. Check them out again. FOA at checkout, save 20% on your purchase at buybyliver.com. All right. Now it's my turn uh, for four against the topic that I want to talk to you guys about um, this evening is longboarding in your thirties. And when I say longboarding, I'm talking about um, one of those skateboards that's, I don't know, probably twice as long and uh, more flexible than like a regular skateboard that you would ride on like a, a vert ramp. I'm not talking about X game style skateboarding. I'm talking about cruising on a uh, long shaped skateboard. And I'd like to start with Patrick Lothian. Go ahead. Longboarding in your thirties. My first reaction was what's the big deal. And that's when I thought you were talking about surfboards. <laughs> <laughs> And I realize you're talking about, like, now I'm picturing, then I thought, okay, what's the big deal? If you're able to ride on it, you're going from place to place, that's fine. But then I remembered seeing people on all their weird traveling instruments that we've talked about in the past, like the bike where you're laying on your back. And it all looks weird. I think it really comes down to if you look douchey doing it or not. So I'm sure some people could pull it off and they look like perfectly fine. Like they're not trying to impress anybody, but if you look like you're trying to be the longboarding guy and you think you're cool, I'm very against that. I think I want to know if you, Patrick Lothian, you Patrick oh. Lothian, are you for or against longboarding in your thirties? Like if I was doing it, if I was <laughs> yes. able to, no, I have no interest in that whatsoever. I <laughs> <laughs> like bikes. Okay. That's as far as I'll go. <laughs> Robbie, what about you? Longboarding in your 30s. Uh, well, I'm, I, I don't skateboard or longboard, but I don't have anything against it. I'm just not that coordinated. Uh, I, I think longboarding in your 30s is cool, but I'm going to take it a step further. I think it'd be cool to longboard in your 40s or 50s or even your 60s. Like, can you imagine a 65-year-old or a 75-year-old just cruising down the block Maybe he's got his helmet on. He's safe, but he's cruising on that longboard. I actually think that's pretty uh, noble. Be like, hey, that, <laughs> that guy's approaching his senior years, and he still is finding a mode of transportation that's both fun and um, environmentally friendly. So I'm for longboarding in your 30s or any decade. There's kind definitely a chart out there that is like you get douchier and douchier and douchier, <laughs> and then it like drops down. It's like then <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> more and more impressive. Yes, agreed. Michael? Uh, I have a conspiracy theory for it. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm is all now the, the third form of alternate transportation that Mike McFadden has brought to us. I honestly think <laughs> he is just bringing them out of the woodwork and saying, can I do this one and not be ridiculed? Can I do this one and not be ridiculed? And he's waiting for one that gets three approvals. 
Uh, well, Mike, <laughs> I'm giving it to you. You've got three fours. You're all set. Get that longboard. Be the let your freak flag fly. Uh, it's 2020. I've grown my hair out. I'm a headband guy now, which I never would have said three <laughs> months ago. Uh, there are no rules in life. Do it. Go get one. In fact, if you don't get one, Mike, I'm going to be disappointed. Here's where I shatter your conspiracy theory. I'm not seeking your approval. I'm asking because this is something that I already do. I have it. <laughs> I go longboarding. I am for longboarding. And I will admit, uh, in my later 20s, I was really hesitant about doing it and delayed the process. It seemed really fun. Um, unlike Robbie, I am uh, relatively coordinated. I like to mm. do you know, snowboarding and skiing and things like that. And this seemed like it would be fun to do, especially if you're on like a nice, well-paved, like asphalt uh, trail. Um, I think going around the block isn't a lot of fun because like it's really bumpy. But if you go to like a, a well-groomed bike path, um, like asphalt bike path uh, and like skateboard or longboard, like multiple miles, that's actually... It's, it's really invigorating. So I encourage you to work on your, uh, your, your coordination, Robbie, and uh, hit the trails. Wait, so I'm wondering, you're not, you're not doing this for transportation. You're doing this purely for recreation. Yes. Yeah, that's less cool. I'm against that. <laughs> you're, if you're going from one place to another, then it's useful. But if you're just doing it to go around a trail... Well, again, this validates um, my shattering of Michael's conspiracy theory. Not seeking your approval, just telling you what I like to do. Go to hell. Well, All like, right. I'm the opposite of him. The fact that you're doing it for fun and exercise, I approve of more. And I think getting you're my approval... Pat. Thank, thank God. The fact that Robbie doesn't like it are the two things you were looking for. <laughs> yes, looking for, for Pat to affirm and Robbie to uh, be against. All right. Um, that's longboarding. Uh, Robbie, what do you have for us this evening? All right. For some reason, I've been getting served up ads on YouTube a lot for a device called the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Emphasis is not on the lawnmower. Emphasis is on the Manscaped. This is basically a trimmer that is designed and sold specifically to men to trim their body hair uh, all over the body. You can imagine where it might go, but any body <laughs> hair that's, that's below your head and face. And this device they claim is better suited for trimming your body hair because it's skin safe, meaning it's, it's um, far less likely to nick you and cut you. Um, it's waterproof. It has an LED light on it, so you can see what is shaving. And be very careful all... in some areas. <laughs> yeah. Not, do you do it in the dark? Well, hey, that's for you to discuss. So, are you some for... body types have darker areas, like due to growth, than others? Just saying. Fat flaps. Might need that light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fat <laughs> flaps. <laughs> Less eloquently put by wine and fat flaps. Okay, well. Wine, and let's start with you. Uh, are you for or against the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0? Um, yes, I am for it. Uh, and I will explain why. I've always felt, you know, like I, my, 
I haven't done a lot of manscaping in, in my own life. I'll be quite honest with you. I have tried it, but it's maybe been a decade. Um, it's the male body's gross. People know this. <laughs> Anything you can do to improve upon that, I think, is a positive. But I don't have an answer for my biggest fear, and the reason why I don't actively do it is where do you put the clippings? Because that <laughs> seems so embarrassing and I don't want to like, clog up my drains with it. What do, I need a solution to that problem before I'm going to become a lawnmower user <laughs> myself. Rob, Patrick, anybody have any ideas? <laughs> on where to put? It did give me a brilliant idea that we should all go on Shark Tank with. Because somebody went on Shark Tank and it was uh, kind of like a um, like when you go and get your hair cut, they put like the big bib around you but the bottom of the bib suctions onto the mirror. So you could shave your beard and all the trimmings fall into that. So they don't get all over the place. We just have to like do one that gets like a, almost like a diaper thing that you wear. <laughs> Let's do it. Million dollars. This, this, this is not that hard. What are you talking about putting a <laughs> diaper thing on? So I, I will um, jump ahead a little bit. I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, yeah, I occasionally like to manscape, not with this particular device, but, but you just, the way I do it, I stand in the bathtub. I, I'm standing up. I, you know, I do my chest. I do whatever I got to do. Other parts that I don't need to explicitly lay out here for you. His and the hair there. just falls into the bathtub. And then you just take a little towel or paper towel and wipe it up and boom, you're good. Run the water for a few seconds and it gets rid of the tiny little hairs. You're done. Yeah, no no you do diaper it, around your face. If you do it with any sort of frequency, you're not like shaving a sheepdog. <laughs> like you're just trimming. Uh, I don't know. You know, you're just edging, you're edging the, uh, the hedges, so to speak. So I got and some Greek heritage in me that's, that's more sheepdog. That's true. Okay, your, so, but, your people but, are more clone, uh, prone to clog the drain. <laughs> I'm getting a little excited. So before we go to McFadden and Pat, I wanted to jump in with uh, a poll that I did just with the four of us last night. And I asked two <laughs> questions among the four of us. Who out of the four of us is most likely to manscape? And who out of the four of us is most likely to not manscape? And so we're all- I got the second one right. We're all judging on, our, on ourselves. So the results of our poll. Who is most likely to manscape? 100% of correspondents <laughs> said Mike McFadden is most likely to manscape. All four of us, including Mike himself, <laughs> said that he's most likely to manscape. This doesn't uh, just happen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then who is most likely to not manscape? Well, one of the votes was for Mike Wynand. Three votes for Pat Lothian. Seventy-five <laughs> percent of people think that Pat does not manscape, and there is we go. Because you don't want to picture it. No, it's because you've got nothing. Is it left because you do want to picture it? You've got to hold on to what you've got, <laughs> no matter where it is. <laughs> that is why I have the beard. Patrick, did you, did you vote on the second question? Did you vote for yourself or for wine? For wine and. So, you, so it's a hundred percent. Amazing. All right. Well, let's keep on going. So uh, I'm going to send this over to McFadden now. Are you for or against the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0? So 
I'm conflicted because this was always a topic that up until this year was just something no one talked about. <laughs> and now it's just like on national television, <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> you got to shave yourself and you're a man. This is the product for you. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. They they advertise heavily on podcasts. I listen to a lot of comedians' podcasts. And uh, they don't, um, they don't um, sort of, they're not careful about what they're saying. They are very explicit about what this is for. And so it's just really weird that we live in this era where, you know, nothing is, nothing is sacred anymore. Um, but uh, that being said, I am for manscaping. And that's because I come from a long line of McFadden men who have patchy hair growth just about everywhere. And so like, I have like weird arm hair, like here. I got that. And if you do, well, if you don't do anything about it, you end up looking like Pat Lothian, and no one wants that. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's half so, transformed werewolf. <laughs> so stuck you just, halfway through. You gotta, you just gotta take care of it. You know, it's like manscaping is it's it's something that that gentlemen do, and now you don't need to to hide it you can just buy the product that's well suited for it you don't have to use like a weird cuticle scissors or like <laughs> your face razor blade or some other tool that's not specifically designed for the task at hand i am for the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 my dream is that one day our podcast uh, rises in popularity such that they sponsor us and <laughs> we all get to manscape each other on this podcast <laughs> each other that's like yeah, a weird turn at the that? very end there. What's wrong with that? Why, why would um, that be weird? Patrick, you got called out there. Your rebuttal, please. Um, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well put. <laughs> um, so, Mike, you talked about how kind of like this year, it's okay now to talk about it. It seems like everything just became okay. Because now there's like seven different things to use while you're pooping. There's like different man cutting things. There's different... Those are called fixins. <laughs> fixins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bathroom fixins, we said. Anyone else think Winan looks like he's in a horror movie right now? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, sorry, a sepia sorry, horror film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, kind of on that point, like back before in comedy movies, they would like make fun of people for manscaping, and now it just seems like it's not a big deal. And I, but the guy that was making fun of the other guy was himself manscaped because you know that, that, was, that was the whole thing. Yeah, that was the thing. You just lie about it. Yeah. And so for manscaping, like I think it depends, and I'm not going to judge anybody for how they do it, but. I think like when you like shave every, like if you're shaving your chest, I think that's more than you necessarily need to do. If that's your bag, you do you, that's fine. Um, I do cut my weird shoulder hair like Mike McFadden does. Usually it's just when I'm, I'm shaving my head off um, or if I'm going to the beach because I have a lot of weird patches as well. But when it comes to this specific product, I have like a big, like you go to get your haircut buzzer um, that I use for my head and for my beard. Like it's meant specifically to shave like stuff like your head. It's not meant for like precision, but that is all the precision I need. I've never had any issues with cutting things that should not be cut. So I don't know <laughs> if you need a specific, like if you have nothing, 
go ahead and get this. But if you have something, I don't think you need it. I also, I kind of feel bad saying this, especially if they're gonna be a sponsor one day, which they definitely are. Um, <laughs> the, the guy, like it's been a big thing ever since like the uh, Old Spice guy, where you kind of have like a guy saying a bunch of stuff really fast and like things are getting thrown around and stuff like that. And I don't think that the guy that is the character in these commercials is a very good actor. It really pulls me out of the product. So overall, I'm, a, I'm against this specific product, but for the idea of manscaping. Cool, and, and uh, just to chime in here with my opinion, I actually agree with you, Pat. I am for manscaping. Uh, I'm a manscaper, probably not as frequently as McFadden is, but I do manscape on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> He's doing it right now. <laughs> uh, but past point, I actually have clippers that I've had for years that I bought, I think from Amazon, and I think they were 20 bucks. They've got eight or nine different size guards. So I just throw on this, the, the lowest guard setting and that oh, does the on. trick the for me. Largest guard setting. <laughs> or the largest. Sometimes I like to braid my man hair and you know want to just keep it neat um and so that was a th those clippers were i think 20 bucks from amazon a few years ago compared to the lawnmower 3.0 which is 70 dollars 70 dollars yeah 70 dollars for the 3.0 it is waterproof true and it does have an led light this one says that it's flaps. the link you sent says it's on sale for 90 dollars down from 157.94 I, I think that's like the package deal, but there's oh, another, okay, yeah, I see. I think there's another catch there too. Is even if you buy the nice seventy dollars one, deal. <laughs> <laughs> unintentional. Um, <laughs> but they they uh, kind of get you caught up because they have every three months you get charged fifteen dollars for new blades, which you can cancel. But I think that if you don't pay attention, you could be paying a lot of money for what's essentially a pube trimmer. I'm against oh. subscription models that don't need to exist. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I've had the same kind of thing as you for like seven years. It doesn't get dull. Yeah, it exactly. Back and forth really quick. Why am I needing I'm, new blades? That's so dumb. Exactly. So I'm getting yes. this right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> the full package. Why don't you double up on that subscription? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up our for or against section. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and test out uh, our new segment that we introduced last week, again, called Apologies and Corrections. Uh, we've said it many times that we usually don't know what we're talking about on this podcast. We often get things wrong. So now we're going to take some time to fix those uh, previous transgressions in our newer uh, segments called Apologies and Corrections. And we're going to start with Patrick Lothian, who owes us all an apology take it away. Y'all filled in my apology and I am <laughs> not going to apologize just because I brought up something from an episode I wasn't on. We talked about how we could do that just because I took it and made it a very long segment just like I am gonna right now doesn't mean I did anything wrong. And I think I might need an apology because Wynan, you promised on air that you would watch the trailer. Did you watch it? I didn't, know. Can you apologize? <laughs> I, I, I give apologies freely. I'm a flawed man. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, I, Pat, all right, so Pat, Pat is a perfect apologize. man who apologizes for nothing. <laughs> Pat, this section is called Apologies and Corrections. Second week in a row, apologize. 
Uh, we'll leave it on. <laughs> I apologize to all of you having to listen to Robbie on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. At least that's an apology. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we need to review um, Improv 101. Yes, and. Uh, never <laughs> disagree with your partners in comedy and... Uh, we could take you off this show. All right, Wynand, apologies and corrections. Uh, I apologize uh, for not watching that video. <laughs> I also apologize that my uh, mountain Wi-Fi uh, was poor at the beginning of this podcast. Patrick's got his work cut out for him <laughs> in the editing studio. I'll be back uh, in Texas next week uh, with with uh, with my Google five my Google uh, fiber optics. So. Apologize to everyone for for that. I have enjoyed you. I don't think you need to apologize for that. Also, I want to point out this is the first one I'll be editing. I don't want to take any credit from McFadden, who has edited all the ones before this. True. Okay, Wynan, quick question. Why are you in sepia tone right now? Um, because there's a strange aura that's coming towards me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm not in a horror movie. Sweet. I'm in a dark room it got it, it the sun came down as i was talking to you guys i'm in mountain time and zoom's got a feature where for low light it will turn you into cp mm -hmm. nice well i apologize for that uh i also <laughs> i actually wanted to apologize to pat surprisingly enough i don't Whoa. know if i really want to now but i guess <laughs> i'll just go ahead with it so the i think it was the first episode that pat was not on we had courtney and lexi fill in that week we had a great show, um, and what I. What a great show! But the end of the show, I dug into Pat a little too much, and he wasn't even there. And I basically referred to him as a wart that we removed, like a surgeon removes a wart, with, and it it kind of drifted off from there. And I, I genuinely felt a little bad, just for a moment, because like it almost came off. Like, whenever I make fun of Pat, it's always sincere. I believe what I say. But this was just, like, a little bit too biting. So for that, I'm sorry, Pat. You're not totally oh. a wart. Robbie, I thought you were going to apologize to surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for what I said earlier, Robbie. That's an apology. Thank you. Um, as I'm looking at this, I can't remember if I updated this outline from last week. So if I said this, I apologize for this second apology that I am giving right now in a previous episode. I uh, For mother's milk? Because you already talked nope, about that. Nope, nope. This was, uh, I, I was talking about the Ford Bronco. And then I had said something about how um, they should consider a different horse name. And then I called, uh, identified the Colorado Rangers, a type of American breed of horse. And there already is a Ford Ranger. It's a crappy pickup truck. And I apologize uh, for getting that wrong in a previous episode. So I hope, listeners, you will forgive us. Any other apologies we Never. want to make? <laughs> okay. That was very quick. I didn't even finish the question. Um, if you're still listening, please consider telling a friend about For or Against. We really enjoy making these shows, but we are way more likely to keep making them if someone is listening on the other end. Um, we actually got a shout out today on the Corky Gem podcast, uh, who is a, a podcaster um, on the other side of the pond. Uh, so thank you, Jem. Uh, if you haven't yet, please write a review on Apple Podcasts and connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, or just, uh, and rather, our just launched Facebook page. Uh, you can find us at For or Against Pod. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against.